0: O Lord, O Lord God, tireless guardian of your people, you are always ready to hear our cries. Teach us to rely day and night on your care. Inspire us to seek your enduring justice for all this suffering world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord.
1: Chapter 3, verse 14, through chapter 4, verse 5. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead? And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine... But having itching ears, they it will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober into your suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. Word of God, Word of Life. Thank you, God.
0: about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Jesus said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself... Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet this widow keeps bothering me. I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Okay, so we already got told off twice in the scriptures this morning. Holding us to a very high standard. The, the passage from Second Timothy that Kelly read for us is, is convicting all by itself. It's almost a sermon. You could just sit down and say, Amen, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And then Jesus starts talking about this parable when this unjust judge and this poor widow. There's a fairly famous story about a young boy named Frank who was walking along the bank of the Mississippi River. And he noticed in the the river another boy about his same age wrestling with a homemade raft. And Frank said to him, what are you doing? The boy said, I'm going to take this raft out to that island in the middle of the river. I dare you to go with me. Well, Frank couldn't resist the dare, so he scrambled down the bank and got on the raft. The two boys headed out to the middle of the river, but the current was swift and strong. As they approached the island, the raft broke up and sank, and they had to swim to the island. And there they were, abandoned on an island, late in the afternoon. Nobody knew they were there. What would they do? Right at that moment, one of those paddle wheel steamers started coming down the river, and Frank ran to the edge of the island and began screaming and waving his hands, Help! Help! The other boy said, Don't waste your breath. They can't hear you, and even if they could, why? they wouldn't pay attention to boys like us. But just at that moment, the paddle wheel steamer turned toward the island. The boy said to Frank, "How did you do that?" Frank said, "Well, there's something you don't know. The captain of that boat is my father." <laughs> the parable of Jesus and today's parable, in fact, I would say all of the parables of Jesus all are all Jesus answer to the various forms of the question, "What is the kingdom of God like?" Right before this parable for today, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge, comes Jesus' teachings about how to be ready for the coming of the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom of God. Jesus says the kingdom of God is in our midst. That's chapter 17, verse 21. Jesus also says that the kingdom of God is a future event, an event in the future that we can no more miss miss than not noticing lightning flashing across the sky. This kingdom of God in our midst and this kingdom of God that is still to come will be the advent of the son of humankind. The coming of the son of humankind to be among us. I believe that this parable of the widow and the unjust judge is exactly that, a parable, a story about how to prepare for the coming, for the advent of the son of all humankind, women and men. The kingdom of God is coming is among us and it's also still to come. The kingdom is also the reality of God's will for and God's desire for vindication for those who cry out to God as it says in verse 21. The activation for that will of God is persistent prayer. That crying out and that crying out for justice. Persistent prayer backed by action. Persistent prayer prayer to bring God's justice. Persistent prayer to bring God's justice to this fallen and broken world. Jesus challenges us by juxtaposing God's desire for justice with the possibility that when Jesus returns, Jesus may find that nothing has changed. As it says in the scripture, God, today's scripture reading, God will quickly grant justice. Yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You see, Jesus seems to be telling us that unless we strive for the kingdom of God, we may have fallen short of the goal. The other part of that is, striving for the kingdom of God may be all that it takes to, if you get what I mean. Well, what can we do to make sure that this does not occur, that we fall short of the goal? Again, Jesus provides the answer. Jesus says, pray always. Not only Jesus. Paul, The Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. It's all over there. But what does that mean, pray without ceasing? If I think about it, I only know of one person in all of my experience who prays without ceasing. It's my friend Abun Eliash Shakur who is a priest over in Israel. It's not because he's a priest in Israel that he prays all the time, it just as who he is. You can feel that he's praying for you when he sits and looks at you. I've introduced him countless times to, to, to groups of people sitting in the front row waiting to come up and speak and just absolutely spellbind them with what he has to say. But I can feel that he's praying for me while I'm introducing him. Pray without ceasing. So what do do, do you say? What do you do? How can you practice this? You know, practice this in your own life. Well, another example that I've had for me all of my life was my mom. When my mom was 13 years old, her Sunday school teacher told her that whenever she heard an ambulance, that she needed to stop what she was doing and pray for three people. The person in the ambulance being transported to the hospital, the person... people in the ambulance taking care of that person and the people at the hospital that were going to receive that person who was coming in the ambulance. For 40 years of my mother's life, she lived down the street just outside of Detroit, Michigan in a suburb from a level one trauma center. Lots of praying. Think of a time when someone, often it's your child or your grandchild, pesters you to death. And you finally give in and get them whatever they want. Do you practice prayer that way? How about when someone calls for assistance? A family member or a friend. That guy with the sign, you know who I'm talking about. The top of the ramp coming off of 22 at Cedar Crest Boulevard. With the sign about being hungry on the street. You see that all the time, day after day. And too often their sign says, God bless you. After the whole... But how often do we think, oh, that's just a scam. Or look, he had a nice coat on. I mean, he really is probably not hungry. He probably doesn't have children at all. All those things go racing through our head. Why, we're not sure. But he's still there with the sign. Day after day after day. Do you pray like that? Do you keep praying like that? Or think of a time when you cried out for justice. Justice for yourself or justice for your child at, at school because they're being bullied. Or justice for your family. Or justice for those who have so much less than you have. How about justice for someone who looks different than you look? Or justice for someone who doesn't enjoy the freedom that you enjoy someplace else in the world? Did God grant justice? Did God delay long? Does it seem like God delayed way too long? Did justice come quickly or not at all? When the justice wasn't granted and delayed for a long time and didn't come quickly or wasn't granted, did you still continue to pray for that justice? And do you continue to pray for that justice? So where does that leave us? As we ponder the nature of faith, the deep faith, the radical summons of faith and its reach. And as we try to reinforce and deepen that faith through prayer, unceasing prayer, where does it leave us? Well, I was, I, I'm always helped by finding stories that help me understand concepts. So let me try this story. When the late composer and conductor, Leonard Bernstein, was composing his famous contemporary Mass. Some of you may remember it, but it's not performed very often because it costs so much. It has so many different performers and musicians in it that it's almost impossible to to put it on anymore. It was a work that was composed at the request and commission of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis from the dedication of the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C., rock and roll, blues, classical, and jazz music mass. Bernstein said he wanted it to be an honest mass. That's a quote. What Bernstein meant was that he wanted the words and music of his mass, this worship service played out on the stage, to ring true even to people who didn't see themselves as particularly religious or churchy. Well, as such, he knew that the most demanding moment in the Mass would not be the credo. Credo in Latin simply means the the part of the Mass where they say the creed, what they believe. Most people out there believe in the culture that they live in. And at least believe vaguely in God in some way. The most demanding in the moment in the, mass, demanding moment in the Mass would not be the credo, that statement of faith within the Mass. It would be the section of the Mass called the Auremus, or the part of the Mass that says, let us pray. Because to pray, to talk to God, we cannot hedge our bets about God. We have to move beyond vagueness and enter into a relationship with God, an honest relationship with God. We need to become honest with God when we pray. Sure enough, in Bernstein's Mass, when it comes to the Oremus, the time to pray section of the Mass, a chorus begins to intone a traditional prayer of confession. But then a lone tenor voice rings out, and the voice soars up above the others to sing, If I could confess, I'd confess. If I could, I'd confess. Good and loud, nice and slow. Get this load off my chest. Yes, but how, Lord? I don't know. What I say, I don't feel. What I feel, I don't show. What I show isn't real. What is real, Lord? I don't know. No, 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 I don't know. Well, now, according to our gospel reading from Luke this morning, Jesus told his disciples this parable that we're considering because they were having problems with prayer. Now, Leonard Bernstein may have assumed that only contemporary and non-religious people would have problems with prayer. And when he put this in there, but Jesus knew better. We all have problems with prayer. Sometimes, even Jesus' disciples were having problems with prayer. And they were with him all the time. That's why Jesus told them this parable. So, if this is about our own faith are sometimes a little tiny mustard seed of faith, but that little tiny mustard seed of faith can also has the potential to move mountains or uproot trees, it tells us in the scripture. This same faith asks us if we have heard the cry of the widows in our midst. All of the widows in our midst, including those have been, who have been silenced. And then, how have we responded to their suffering and their need? In the midst of all that We really need to listen for the voice of God calling us to true righteousness, true piety, and true holiness. All marks of a faithful church. Not a building, a church. You get the difference? This story is really about God. This parable isn't really about the persistent widow or the corrupt judge who gave in, rather, then let the widow continue to, as it says in the lesson, wear him out. (laughs) I don't really think the judge, one, was worried about being worn out. He just really didn't want to look bad to the people. Again, it's about God. Just think, if this corrupt judge responds to the widow's pleas, how much more, how much more will a loving God respond to the prayers of our hearts? This same prayer of the heart, our prayer life that sustains us, even in the worst of times, and keeps us close to God. Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor writes, you are going to trust the process, regardless of what comes of it, because the process itself of praying, that is, the process itself gives you life. The process keeps you engaged with what matters most to you, so do not lose heart, end quote. So it seems to this preacher that the, t- today's message from the gospel lesson is about God and about Jesus returning to find people who have held fast. Held fast through everything. And held fast and have, preserved, have, have persevered in trusting God. When we pray, Barbara Brown Taylor writes... It keeps our hearts chasing after God's heart. It's how we bother God. And it's how God bothers us back. There's nothing that works any better than that. End quote. So finally, remember that Jesus prayed all the time. Like after Jesus was baptized is a great example. While he was praying, it says in the scripture, guess what happened While he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Jesus understood why to pray without ceasing. How important it is to pray in times of strength, in times of weakness, in times when no answer comes back, in times of need, and especially, especially when we have enough is one of God's vehicles for blessing. If all that is true then, let us strive to be and become and continue to become a people of prayer. So that we might also be a people of blessing. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we're so grateful for this gift, this ability that we all have. There's no barriers to it. All we have to do is pray. Help us overcome our fear, our anxiousness. Help us become totally honest with you as we pray to you alone, as we pray with others, as we pray for others. And let us remember right now as we're praying, all of those who are in need of your healing touch. We especially ask your presence to be with this family in Allentown who experienced this awfulness last night. May we surround them with love and show them through this prayer and through our actions and through the actions of all kinds of people that they are loved indeed in a special way. We ask that and give thanks for the first responders who helped them. We ask that you would continue to be with them and journey with them. We also, God, pray for this church. We pray for the people, the people who are its leaders and all of the decisions that they have to make about and for this church. But more important than that, about and for how they are going to serve God to the glory of God alone not to the glory of the the building, not to the glory of keeping people happy, not to the glory of anything, but that we might come together, get to know each other, trust each other, and pray in new and special ways, pray without ceasing, that we might do all that we can to move forward the kingdom of God in the world, to seek justice, and to love people in the way that God loves us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. to face. And in the gift of Christ's body and blood, our hearts have been refreshed. Send us now to shine with your goodness and bear witness to the one we have received, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord now hear these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you grace and peace and joy and hope and all of that stuff. Amen.